Welcome to Ghoul's Night Out with your hostesses, Brandy and Jody. Hello, beautiful ghouls. Welcome. This is Brandy. I'm here with my sister, Jody. Hello. So I have a stupid joke. Okay. What is the difference between an enzyme and a hormone? I don't know. You can't hear an enzyme. You can't hear an enzyme. I don't get it. <laughs> You're supposed to say, well, you can't hear a hormone either. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I just go straight to the point. I just don't get it, okay? <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Okay, now I have uh, women are sharing things that men do unintentionally that give off creep vibes so we listen might, up dudes yeah we might learn something today now a couple of these i don't happen to agree with but okay we'll discuss all right i happened a few times i was working late in a small market with no one around when they come in and ask me whether or not i'm scared to be alone well now i am thanks uh yeah why would you ask that that's <laughs> what the fuck a guy I'm seeing took me out for a baseball game for our first date. It was nice. I didn't get any weird vibes from him at all. After the game, he asked if I wanted to go see some of the spots where he likes to go walking. I didn't think much about it until we got there and realized that he was basically taking me to the woods in the dark. He told me to follow him, and I'm thinking I'm about to get killed. Turns out he wanted to show me his favorite place to go on walks, and chill because you can see the entire city from there. He took me to a couple more trails that night and I ended up having a great time. I forgot that it was pitch black outside and that I was with a guy I had never gone out with before out in nature. I definitely thought I was going to get killed at first though. So yeah, that's kind of creepy, but it's, it, it turned out sweet. Yeah, but it could have not Exactly, out sweet. and that's what men don't understand. We women have to think about the end, like, what can you do to me with mm-hmm. nobody around? Because men do that. But you know what? There are women that are married and their husbands end up taking them out to the woods. And yeah, they absolutely. Come out. Yeah, you just know. You that. know, it's, yeah. it's a risk all around. I guess. It, it definitely is. Uh, quote, I don't know why you're acting so cautious. If I wanted to kill you, I would have done so already. <laughs> this was said to me by a friend of a friend I was meeting because it was his first time in a foreign country. Oh, my gosh. That's creepy. Yeah. Uh, next one, I hung out with a guy I knew from high school that I hadn't seen in years. He is physically about four times my size and was acting a little strange, trying to touch me, invade my personal space, even after I made it clear I wasn't interested, etc. I was nervous and shaking like a leaf, trying to figure out how to gently extract myself from the situation What scared me more than anything was him saying things like, I don't know why you're so nervous. It's not like I'm going to rape you. I thought that even though he was overly enthusiastic, I'd be safe. That is until uh, he brought up how he wasn't going to rape me four times. Obviously, it made me feel like he must have been considering it. Thank God I got out of that one safely. Why would you even say that? Exactly. Like, that's, I think that was her point. Yeah. Like, you had to Are you to thinking been, it? Why are you? Had to have been thinking it. That's fucking creepy. Uh, next one, standing too close. How do you know if it's too close? If I back up a step, don't match it. Mm, yeah, that's happened to me before. Yeah, me too. Years ago, I went out with this dude. During snacks and a drink, it was pretty clear we weren't a good match. I politely turned down another round and thanked him. Then I put my bag over my shoulder and began walking to the bar to pay. Not more than two steps from the table, the dude yanks my purse strap and says, What? No hug? Really taken aback, I hugged him and shuffled quickly to pay and get out of there. As I was paying, I explained to the waitress, whom I had known from from another job, that the dude was super creepy and asked if I could sneak down the back stairs. She let me go through, and I rushed down the back stairs and then outside to my car. Breathing a deep sigh of relief, I got out of the parking lot. At the first red light, I saw the creepy dude crossing the street. 
Without any hint of emotion, he whipped out a pen, wrote my license plate down on his hand. I never saw him again, but I know of. What the hell? Like, seriously. What? Why do men think this is okay? Uh, next one. Sitting right next to me when I don't know you, and there are plenty of other seats available. Some guy did this to me on a late night tram once, even though the entire compartment was empty. It seemed sketchy enough for me to get up, push past him, and get off the tram. That was a great decision because I later found out that he had flashed and sexually harassed a lot of girls on that line before. Mm, great. I'm sitting right next to you. Uh, next one, wanting to take me somewhere isolated to be just the two of us on a first date. It's okay if we've been hanging out for a while, but it's not if it's the first time I see you in person. Whenever this happens, I come up with an excuse not to go to that place. I just don't feel safe since I barely know that other person. The worst part is when they try so hard to convince me to go with them. This makes me feel more and more uncomfortable. I've never ghosted anyone, and I've tried to tell the truth to make the other person understand that I didn't feel comfortable. Something I've been told many times is, quote, what do you mean you don't feel comfortable? Do you think I'm a crazy psychopath who rapes and kills people? Come on, yes. don't, don't say non that nonsense. Let's go. Get in the car. I mean, is it supposed to make me feel safe? The way they react makes it seem like I'm offending them, which is clearly not my intention. That's why I start making up excuses. They stop insisting only when they know that something bigger is preventing me from going. I'm fully aware of the fact that not everyone has bad intentions, but it's not something I can understand immediately the first time I hang out with someone. You know, they might feel offended or whatever, but no. Fuck politeness. Isn't that what's if they uh, If they get offended, that you need to get out of there. Oh, yeah. Period. If they are a decent person... They will be okay with it. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with you not wanting to go somewhere. Why are they insisting? Like, like that, that makes it creepy. Yes. Don't, like, just be cool. <laughs> it's really okay. Uh, not taking no for an answer, especially when they pretend to be joking about it. But you can clearly tell they're, they're kind of pissed. No, that's not, no, that's not okay. Uh, asking personal questions that have nothing to do with why you are communicating in the first place. Example, I'm getting my muffler welded and being asked by the welder, where do you live? What? How long have you lived there? Do you have roommates or is it just you? Plus 30 more personal invasive questions. None of your fucking business. Seriously. None of your fucking business. And that one's none of your fucking business either. Exactly. Ugh. Next one, not going away when I've made it abundantly clear that I'm not interested. That's another can't take no for an answer. I was walking today and a guy on a motorcycle pulled up on me three times. I mean, dude, if you don't want to engage, then don't follow me and continue to pull up to meet me. Although my area feels very safe, I don't want to see any vehicle roll up on me. Once on President's Day, a car rolled up on me, rolled down the windows and airsoft guns came out. They shot me with rock salt. Mm. What the fuck? They need to move. <laughs> uh, next one, pick me up. I, uh, I'm short and have a slight build. It's not that I'm scared of them trying to prove how strong they are. I'm terrified of being dropped. Don't pick people up. Next one, it's not frightening per se, but it definitely makes me wary because it could lead to situations that are frightening. When talking to a guy, he's super pushy, like asking for pics of this and that and that, and still being pushy even after I say no. All that makes me want to do is not meet him. If he's this pushy via messaging, how pushy is he going to be in person? If he can't take no now, what are the odds he can take no in person? Mm-hmm. That's like basically all of these. Just stop. It's okay. If someone says not like it's rejection is okay. It's really, it's like, it's fine. They get so offended. Uh, physical intimidation is the next one. Standing too close to me or backing me into a corner, making me feel trapped. Puts me in, in or on the defensive so fast. 
Uh, next one, he opened the train door for me to get off. It opens automatically, and I said thanks. He took that as an invitation and followed me through the station, trying to talk to me. I was polite but dismissive. He was creeping me out, so I stopped to top off my Metro card, even though I didn't need to. He stopped and waited for me. I pretended I didn't see him, but he followed me out of the station, asking where I lived, if I had a boyfriend. Then he asked if I had Facebook and if my boyfriend had my Facebook password. He told me, you don't need to be scared of me. I just want to be friends. By this stage, I was fully freaked and texting my boyfriend about it. I didn't want to go to the bus stop in case he followed me home. So I walked to the most populated street I could find, still ignoring him while he followed me. Uh, next one, hovering. Don't hover behind me. That's one of the very few things that make me nervous. These are all very um, similar. Mm -hmm. Being over, overly familiar with me in a situation I cannot leave. I used to ride a bus home from work, and my schedule varied very little. This led me to getting on the, on the bus at the same time at 10.20 p.m. at the same stop every night. The man who rode the bus at the same time took the same nights, or on the same nights, took this as me wanting to be his friend. He immediately started asking me super personal questions like, you must live around here because you always get off the bus after me. Who are you texting? I wish I could text you. Who do you live with? You must work at blank place because you always walk from over there. This is after all after I told him I didn't want to talk or go out with him. Uh, blocking the doorway, especially during an argument. My ex did that and would make himself bigger, spreading his arms so I couldn't leave the room. Next one, going to a bar to get going to the bar to get you a drink without you there to watch the bartender pour it. If I don't know you well, I won't accept a drink from your hands ever. Straight from the bartender to me. If we're making out for the first time and they do something aggressive, like pinning your arms over your head, or then holding both your wrists with one hand. It can be hot as fuck, but if I don't know you that well, there's a terrifying moment where I wonder what I'm in for. Um, and then someone commented, which I think this is great. It says, I agree with all of that. My boyfriend did pin my arm or did the arm pinning thing early on. But after he caught my hands, he paused, leaned in close, bit my earlobe and whispered, this okay? That's how you fucking do it. Yes. Um, next one, while I was walking to pick my son up from daycare, a guy stopped me on the street to ask me for directions to museums. This isn't uncommon since I work in tourist, in the touristy area of DC. So I kindly answered his questions and planned to keep walking, but he persisted saying, Oh, you must be local. I moved here from New York. Do you want to get coffee? I laughed lightly and responded, no, thanks. I'm not really social. He then went, well, you're laughing and smiling. You could have fooled me. So I declined again and told him I had to go pick up my son, to which he said, Wow, you have a son? How old is he? Do you live in the neighborhood? Let's get a drink. I reiterated the museum directions and left. It's uncomfortable that trying to be helpful and friendly to someone looking for directions turns into being asked out not once but twice. Yeah, just stop. Uh, and my last one, when men try to show off their dominance over you or anyone else, for instance, when you mention something to a guy about another guy and he goes, I'll kill anyone who talks to you. It's quite frightening, frankly. It's quite stupid. Yeah, like, just maybe think before you talk. Is that it? Yep, that's it. All right. I did 20 creepy true stories to read in the dark tonight. When I was younger, I used to live by the woods and could see a cemetery from my back porch. One Easter, I remember waking up and seeing the Easter Bunny, one of those terrifying costumes. And what really gets me is, is I remember smelling the wet hay. When I woke up, I didn't tell anyone, but there was an extra Easter egg in my house that my parents didn't hide. Years later, when I was in high school, I asked my parents if they ever dressed up like the Easter Bunny and came into our room. They said they would never go through so much trouble. <laughs> then my young, my younger sister, who I shared a bunk bed with when this happened, said she remembers when the Easter Bunny came into our room and made a remark about the hay smell. Ooh. I was terrified that we both remembered seeing a person dressed as a bunny in our room. 
To make it even stranger, I told the friends I sat with at lunch what happened. One of the girls was my neighbor across the street. She told me one Easter a long time ago, she looked out her window during the night and saw the Easter bunny standing in her driveway. I had chills. To this day, I'm terrified of people in rabbit costumes. That is fucking terrifying. That is fucking weird. When my niece was really young, she was in a bouncer at my sister's house. I was house and babysitting. I had left her to go to the kitchen to grab some water. My sister's chocolate labs were probably sniffing and licking her head because <laughs> I could hear her giggling like she was having a blast. <laughs> I hadn't noticed how cold it had gotten. Then I heard it, a loud wooden snap, like a thick piece of wood had been snapped in half suddenly or a tree was knocked over. I ran into the room, and what I saw and smelled freaked me out. The dogs were huddled in the corner, whimpering. My niece was just staring at the ceiling corner with wide eyes, and it was cold and smelled like Stetson. What's that? It's a cologne. Oh. I took her, and we decided to go to a different room. When my sister finally came home, I told her what happened. She just rolled her eyes and said, That is Hugh. I was confused. She said Hugh was the previous owner of the house who had died 10 years before his wife sold it. She said he likes to follow my niece around and you can tell it was it is him because the dogs freak. It gets cold and smells like cheap cologne. <laughs> I don't believe in that shit, but I do believe that feeling you get in your gut when something doesn't feel right. Okay, that's terrifying and they couldn't warn them? Like, yeah, really. There's Don't a, mind the ghost. There's a ghost in here that'll tear shit up. In college, I would go home every other weekend to work at the job I had since high school. I would drive directly from campus after my last class on Friday to my job about an hour. And after my shift was done, I'd go back to my parents' house, which was out in the middle of nowhere. My parents weren't yet home when I got back from work. They often spend their Friday and Saturday evenings drinking like they were the ones in college. So the house was dark, and since it was mid-fall, so was the yard, save for the yard light. I pulled into my normal parking spot, got out of the car, and then turned to open the back door of my car and get my backpack out of the back seat. That's when I noticed the bathroom light was on. Was that light on when I pulled up? It must have been, right? As I was contemplating the light and reaching for my backpack, there was suddenly a very angry-looking old woman standing in the window staring at me. What? We're not talking resting bitch face here, either. <laughs> she was pissed off at me, and I knew it. We stood there staring at each other for a good ten seconds when my parents pulled into the driveway and distracted me from my stare-down with the woman in the bathroom. By the time I turned back, the light was still on, but the woman was gone. What the fuck? I take it she wasn't in the house when they went in? I don't know. That's it doesn't say. creepy. <laughs> what would you do if you pulled up and you saw someone in your house? Like some creepy old I lady. I would probably call the cops. Yeah, probably. I would call 911 and sit out. Of course, I wouldn't know because... You can't see in your house? Yeah. Well, I mean, just, you know. In general? Yeah. Like if I pulled up out front and there was an old woman standing yeah. right there, I would call the cops and I would stay out there until they got there. Oh my God, that'd be so terrible. And then I would be like really freaked out if we came in and there was nobody here and then they had to leave and I would be by myself. <laughs> oh my God. And I would shit my pants. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> I used to volunteer at a nursing home where we had several instances where new residents accurately described former residents down to specific nightgowns or color of glasses who I and the staff knew had died in their room and complained about them coming into the room at night. Then once I was walking through the hallway and it was normally uncomfortably warm inside, but I felt a chill and goosebumps. One of the CNAs said I had just walked through a ghost. Yeah. I couldn't get warm again for the rest of the day. There were flickering lights and TVs turning themselves on. Several of the staff were from the same Southeast Asian country, and they were talking about ghosts and disrespect for the dead so much that management had someone come in to do a candlelight ceremony, and this lady with crystals and dreadlocks came in to do a sage brushing. Things calmed down after that. Light stayed on better, and the residents seemed calmer. 
I was in my sophomore year of high school. I would usually get ready and then wait for my mother to drive me to school. While she was getting ready, I was just kind of hanging out in the bathroom with her while she was putting on makeup and curling her hair. She looked a little frazzled and asked if I and I asked if everything was okay. She told me about a weird occurrence the night before. She told me that she had been woken up at around two o'clock by a strange noise. It wasn't super loud, but it was pretty constant. My dad wasn't woken up by it, though. It's not surprising as he sleeps like a log. Anyway, she starts looking for the source of the noise, first checking the bathroom attached to their room, but there isn't anything in there. Next, she walks out into the hall and hears the noise from the bathroom nearby. When she walks in, she sees a hairdryer plugged in and turned on, just sitting in the middle of the bath mat on the floor. She thinks it's strange, but there are four kids living in the house, and she thought maybe someone had sleepwalked and turned it on. Whatever, she unplugs it and puts it away. She goes back to bed and eventually falls asleep. About an hour later, she wakes up again and hears the same noise. She's kind of pissed off and goes to check it out again, except now the noise is from downstairs. She tracks it down into the guest bathroom in the main entry hall. My parents' house has four bathrooms. She opens the door and again, there's a hairdryer turned on, laying in the middle of the floor. She's freaked out by this point, but she unplugs it and puts it away. She didn't get a great night's sleep after that. So she's telling me the story, and as soon as she comes to the conclusion, we both just freeze and turn our heads into the walk-in closet off her bathroom. As soon as we look in there, the entire light on the ceiling shatters. Not the light bulb, but the glass cover. It shatters, sending shards of glass everywhere. We both freak out and get the heck out. We didn't know what to make of it, but we haven't really had any experiences before or since, and none of the none of my family have experienced anything either. Weird. That is weird. Like, what is that? <laughs> Just a hairdryer laying in the middle of the floor. Well, twice. On. Yeah. And then the light shatters, and then they leave. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> what the fuck? Weird. <laughs> God. This let's traumatize these people for just a little bit and then get the hell out of here. Ghost pranks. I guess. <laughs> I was a caretaker of a small uninhabited island off the coast of Maine, and my girlfriend and I started having synchronized nightmares about things that we had never discussed before. They involve very specific themes, and after a month this happening, we were gifted a history book of the island they had a small chapter in the back that mentioned the exact hauntings. Hmm. My mother was having dinner at a friend's house. It was a small old cottage that's been around for a hundred years. She tries to find the bathroom and pulls on a door that is locked. The friend sees and says, sorry, that goes to the basement. The bathroom is over there. Thinking it is odd, my mother asks why the basement door is locked. It's always locked. In fact, I don't even have a key for it. The real estate agent advised me not to go down there as it's not been upgraded like the rest of the cottage. It's little more than a root cellar. Okay. When I'm buying a house. Yeah, no. They need to show me everything. I don't care. Break the door down. Exactly. I'm not buying a house if I don't see every room. It's your brand new house. You can't go in this room though. Yeah, no. It's not happening. (laughs) No. Fast forward a few weeks when my mother, who works for the police department's community division, is working on a project about the history of the police department in in the town. An old man comes in with news, news clippings about various community events, as well as a news clipping from the 50s about a gruesome murder. My mom was a bit taken aback. Sorry, I forgot those clippings were in here, too. No, I know this address. It's my friend's house. What happened there? Oh, said the old man. Well, that used to be my mother's house. She had been dating this man who was cruel to her. He beat her horribly. She tried again and again to break it off with him, but he'd always come back. Finally, my aunt moved in with us, and my mother finally broke up with him. He starts getting emotional. Then one night, he broke in and tied my mother, aunt, sister, and brother up in the basement. He shot them all in front of my mother. Then he shot her and killed himself leaving a note that she would never leave him again. I was away at college. He started to sob. And that is how my mother's friend learned she has a haunted quadruple murder-suicide scene in her basement. She moved out a year later. Holy shit. See? 
That's why you need to check it out before you buy it. Oh, my gosh. I wonder if there was, like, what was in there, if anything. I don't know. I mean, they would have had to have cleaned everything up, right? I would think so. But still, like, there's only so much blood you can clean. Yeah. And especially if it's an unfinished basement, like, you can't really clean Mm. that very well. Ooh, God. A good friend of mine, while doing his rounds as a young intern, he is now a neurosurgeon. He had just looked in on a dying patient. After making the patient comfortable, he exited the room, sat on a nearby chair to write his report. After a few minutes, he looked up and saw this patient walking down the hallway. He called the woman, but there was no response. As he stood up to walk after her, she disappeared. Oh my God. He quickly walked toward the patient's room and saw a light under the door. When he opened the door, it was complete. It, it was completely dark in the room. So he turned on the nightlight, went over to the patient, and felt for her pulse. She had died. He swears to this experience. Wow. That's crazy. <sighs> so creepy. While in university, I loved finding snakes. I was a biology student. So a friend from Herpetology Club showed me this road that he would cruise for snakes. Cruising is when you drive slowly down old back roads after dark looking for snakes that have slithered onto the warmer road to heat up. The road we took was about four miles and had around four houses on its entirety. We had taken a few laps on this road and we were making our final pass. There are two houses near the beginning of the road, one at the end and one near the middle. middle. We were getting close to the center house when we see movement on the left side of the road. There are a lot of animals, obviously, on this road, so we aren't surprised to see this. However, what shoots out is this kid, probably around eight or nine, in torn blue jeans and a ripped dark t-shirt. He takes one look at us, and his face is a mix of fear and pain. He looked back really quickly from where he'd come out of, then book it, booked it across the road. The guy I'm with gets out of the car, chasing to see if he's all right, and I pull the car up to the point where the boy went into the woods. I'm starting to get out of the car when my friend walks quickly back from the trail and just says, let's go now. We hop in the car and tear out of there. He says there is a graveyard about 10 yards into the woods where there are five gravestones with the same death date. They all had the same last name, and one was a boy who was nine. We never came back the rest of the summer to that road. We usually would go out once or twice a week. The next year when my friend had graduated, I took my girlfriend out to the road. We had gone early to try to find different types of snakes. Different snakes tend to move at different points of dusk or at night. Who cares? We got to the house near the graveyard and there's three men doing some yard work. I rolled down the window, explained what I was doing, and asked them about the graveyard. Apparently, their dad's brother's family had all died when their space heater caught fire around 20 years ago. I kept pushing and asking about it, and they told me the fireman, the fireman or whoever does it had found all the bodies in the rubble except for the youngest son, but they assumed he was too far burned. I asked if they had a little brother, and the six-foot-four inch 250 pound man said he was the youngest when i gave the description of the kid i saw they all went white they all have individually seen the kid i was talking about and he always runs to the gravesite. i have never been down that road again oh my gosh that's creepy a few weeks after my mom gave birth to me she went to me in the middle of the night because i was crying when she went in the room she saw a dark figure of a man who she thought was my dad holding me and decided to go back to sleep. In the morning, she thanks my dad for taking care of me. As it turns out, my dad was not even awake then, and nobody else was in the apartment. Gets worse later on in life. Not only me, but my sister, cousins, and friends have all seen it somewhere in our home, all in separate accounts, and we don't normally tell people about it unless they've seen it, and it follows us wherever we move to, and at this point, me and my family have all learned to ignore it Though we all know it's there. Weird. I wonder if it's like a family member or something. I mean, it sounds nice. Mm-hmm. When I was 12, me and my mom were watching TV in her bedroom. 
It was one of those really stuffy summer evenings. Stating the obvious, I said aloud, it is so hot in here. Immediately, the fan that was sitting on the dresser five feet away turned on. The switch couldn't really be flipped on by accident. It was pretty sticky and required a lot, a little bit of force to go from off to on. I can't really explain how that happened, but I like to think it was a friendly ghost. Yeah, that's so nice. <laughs> It'd be nice to have a ghost and say, oh, can you go give me a drink? Oh my God, I'd be so lazy. <laughs> <laughs> I would. In middle school, my friend was in a church youth group, and they often had these overnights at the church that he would invite me to, and they were actually tons of fun. Towards the end of the night, the guy who ran it, he was chill as fuck. The Lord was with that guy. What? I don't know. That did not make any sense. Maybe they forgot a comment. It sounds like he was chill as fuck. The Lord was with that guy. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> he would let us play manhunt in the entire church area. Uh, we turned literally every light in the whole place, and all we had were tiny flashlights. This person obviously doesn't know how to write. No. So I think it means that they turned off every light in the whole place, and all they had were tiny flashlights. That sounds right. It was spooky, but so much fun. One of these nights we were playing and we decided to hide in a closet in the nursery. We hid there for about 10 minutes and out of nowhere we heard a baby crying. We got spooked the fuck out and bolted out of there. In the morning we went back to the nursery to see what could have caused it. We figured it was one of those toy baby dolls that would cry but we found nothing. Still spooks me to this day but I would give anything to relive it because I love paranormal shit. <laughs> Sounds like me. That would be creepy. Played piano in a, in a dark and empty auditorium back in the day. When I was finished, someone softly clapped for me. Sort of sounded like it was coming from everywhere, but just one person. Never saw them, and the auditorium was locked except for the door I came in. So creepy and so nice. I know. <laughs> this was actually on Halloween morning one year. I lived in a small apartment with an open floor plan where you could see the entire apartment from the kitchen. I was in the kitchen packing my lunch to take to work when the TV turned on by itself, volume on full blast, to some staticky channel that kept cutting in and out. I was nowhere near the remote or the TV and had no other people or animals living with me who could have done it accidentally. Probably not the scariest thing I've ever experienced. I'm sure there are many perfectly reasonable explanations as to how it happened, but it definitely freaked me out at the time. It had never happened before and hasn't since. More ghost pranks. Yeah. I think they just, like, just go to random places I think and they do shit and then just leave. I think they do, because so many of these have been, like, a one and done. Yeah. Weird. But the ones that decide they like you. Yeah, you gotta look out for those guys. Yeah. <laughs> I grew up in a small town and lived out in the country. My mom and I were coming home from Walmart really late one night and decided to take the back way home. I still had my learner's permit, so I wanted to take a road with less traffic. Anyone who has ever lived or been to the country knows how creepy these roads can be at night. Yep. Yep. I was going around a curve right before a one-lane bridge, so I slowed down in case I had to stop. Out of nowhere, this woman jumps in front of me to the driver's side of my car and starts pounding on the hood of my car. Her mouth was moving, but I couldn't make out what she was saying. My mom started freaking out, told me not to stop, and just keep driving. I kept going, and we both looked back to see where she was, and no one was there. To this day, my mom and I still remember it clearly. Turns out there's apparently a legend about a woman who died around the bridge and supposedly can be seen sometimes late at night. I get goosebumps to this day just thinking about it. Oh my um, god. What the fuck, Karen? <laughs> That's what she was saying. She wanted to speak to the manager. <laughs> said you could drive down this road <laughs> this is my road it's creepy as fuck though oh my god i would die. die yeah i mean yeah country roads are dark as shit yeah they're scary anyway yeah they're super dark usually there's either corn socks on either side of the road or woods or something yeah 
So you're afraid an animal is going to jump out exactly. at any moment. Yeah. And it's just, and then to have a person jump oh out. No. I mean, no. And I then would, look back and nobody's there. I would probably have a heart attack. I would too. Oh my God. At least their mom was with them so they know they weren't crazy. Yeah. When I was about 10 or 12, I don't really remember, I had an odd experience. At the time, I was sharing a room with my sister. We had lofted beds and I slept on the top bunk. We had the stereo and when you would press the button to turn it on, it would click and a red light would pop up. Our beds were on one side of the room and the stereo was on a desk on the opposite side. One night, I was woken up by the click sound that the stereo makes when the power button is pressed. I recognized the sound and sat up in bed. I looked over at the stereo and the light blinks on. I look over at my sister and she is fast asleep. Her bed was under mine, but perpendicular, so I could see the top half of her from my bed. The stereo is playing that white noise sound that it makes when it isn't on a specific station. Suddenly, I can hear someone saying, away, coming from the stereo. Just one word, away. First, it starts off soft and gradually gets louder until it becomes a yell. Away, away, away. What? It took about 10, 15 seconds probably to build up to the yell, and then it died back down to a whisper. I thought this was a dream. I was frozen out of fear. I thought this had to be my imagination, and I tried telling myself that during the whole thing, I try, and I tried telling myself that during the whole thing, I had almost convinced myself of it until it stopped. After the voice died away, the stereo went back to static. Then I heard the familiar click, and the light turned off. I was positive I wasn't dreaming the ending click. I stared at the stereo for a few more moments, too freaked to move, looked back at my sister and saw she was still asleep, and finally laid back in bed, covered myself with my sheets, and willed myself back to sleep. I consider myself a rational person, but I had no rational explanation for this. Freakiest shit that has ever happened to me. <laughs> yeah, that's creepy. That is weird. And what's the point? Exactly. I mean, it's got to be something that we can't even comprehend. Like, we can't un we can't understand it. I don't know. It's so weird. I was 17, still living in my parents' house. Where else would you be? <laughs> I don't know. Everyone was away on a Friday night, so I had few friends over. We smoked a little and were chilling in the basement playing video games. Two of my friends ran upstairs to get some snacks out of the pantry. After a few seconds, they came running down the steps yelling my name. They saw somebody just pulled into my driveway. I hear the dog start freaking out. I panic, thinking my parents are home, and I scramble to hide the weed and pipe we had sitting next to the back door. I walked up the steps and looked out the window. There was no car in the driveway, but my dog was still freaking out. I went outside to see if anyone was out there. It was late, almost midnight, and cold. I was barefoot and poorly dressed. I walked around my house, shivering and nervous, and found nothing. I went back inside, took my dog down to the basement with me, and tried to relax. Maybe 20 minutes later, we hear a huge crashing sound. It sounded like something had exploded right in front of the house. We ran outside through the back door and saw a car wrapped around the tree right by the road in my neighbor's front yard. Oh. My dogs start freaking out again. It was my brother's car. My brother had gone with my parents to my aunt's and left his car in the garage. I ran to look inside, and there was nobody in it. I immediately called my brother, freaking out. When he answered the phone, I was both relieved and confused. He instructed me to call the police. He came home. The police came and looked around. They took statements from everybody. We hid the fact that we were high pretty well. As the tow truck was pulling my brother's car... Out of the front yard, the police received a call about a break-in down the street. They left an officer with us, and the rest left to respond to the call. It turns out that a group of people were going through my neighborhood, breaking into houses and stealing cars out of garages. I was in the house when the burglar stole my brother's car. I may have even walked right past him at one point. When they caught the group, one of the guys was injured as if he had been in a car wreck. He was the one who had broken into my house. I knew him. He had graduated from my high school when I was a freshman. He had house sat for us. <laughs> he knew where we kept the spare keys. 
He knew that if one of us was home that the doors would be unlocked and he waited until it was just me alone in the house. It wasn't paranormal, but it still creeps me, creeps me out to this day that the guy had waited for myself or any of my other family members to be alone in the house and had broken in. It scares me that I was so completely unaware of my surroundings back then that I would have let that guy get the drop on me if he had hostile intentions. It makes me sick that somebody we had trusted to stay in our house while we were gone would come back a couple years later and do something like that. Creepy. Seems like a lot of work. I mean, how long were they watching them? I don't know. That's creepy. I once had to work a very late shift at the funeral home to prepare a body for a viewing the following morning. I think I finally finished my work around midnight. Anyway, it was winter and I ended up getting snowed in at the funeral home. I had to stay the night until plows came early a.m. to plow out. Let me tell you, it's fucking creepy sleeping in a funeral home knowing, knowing there are 20 dead people in the basement. Hell no. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is creepy. I got just some paranormal stuff that's happened to people. First one, I was when I was growing up, my bed used to face the hallway out of my bedroom, and at the end of this hallway was a bathroom. Every night down this hallway, figures would walk by, stop and wave, then walk directly into the bathroom. These figures were things that I knew, but also didn't know. Sometimes it would be either Ernie from Sesame Street, other times it would be a black, odd creature that I had never seen before, but they would always stop, look at me, then continue down the hall. Every night also, my mom would come and tuck me into bed. This was like, this was a clockwork routine you do with your kids. Bedtime story, kiss, tuck in, good night, etc. One night my mom didn't, and I remember calling for her over and over again. Finally, after I'd been calling for her, she walked down the hall and into my room. I remember her coming in. She didn't read to me, but she apologized and tucked the sheets in around me. She kissed me goodnight and told me she loved me. When she left the room, she didn't go down the hallway toward the rest of the house. She went toward the bathroom and didn't come back out. I remember sitting there watching the hallway and getting a sick feeling in my stomach. I waited a while, then called for her. I didn't get a response. I remember getting up and going to the hallway to see if she was still there. She wasn't. I was so freaked out, I ran through the other direction of the hallway to the rest of the house. All the lights were off, and I remember running to her room. She was asleep in her bed. I went to sleep with her that night, and in the morning, I asked her if she came in to tuck me in. She told me that she didn't, and she was so, so tired that she went to bed. What the fuck? I don't know. That is so weird. That is weird. That sounds like a dream. Maybe. Well, if, like, they're have, if they're talking about like characters that you know or have seen yeah. before, that sounds like a dream to me. I don't know. Uh, next one, my bed faced the door to the hallway and my room was next to the bathroom. We would keep the bathroom light on at night to make it easy to get around the house. I would regularly see shadowy figures walking past the bathroom at all hours of the night, but I never seemed to be scared of them. One night, one of those shadowy figures stopped by my door for longer than usual, and I immediately felt uncomfortable. I had a guardian angel stone that was really just a porcelain angel figurine in a glass bead. I grabbed it out of my pillowcase and squeezed it tight. Suddenly, there was a super bright light that came from behind this dark figure, and it looked at, and it looked as if both both the dark figure and the light figure bolted back into the bathroom. I still live in that house, and I still see shadowy figures in the night. What is the deal with everything walking into the bathroom? I don't know. Maybe it's because the mirror's there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> Next one. My great-grandmother's husband passed years before she did. After his death, her house always felt creepy. Well, he was a trucker and would be home every weekend, and just like clockwork, every Friday night at 6 p.m., you'd hear the front porch creak, and then after about eight seconds, you'd hear heavy foot, foot steps on the kitchen floor. She started deteriorating on a Monday. She wanted to be home, so the hospital let her go home. 
Since there was nothing they could do, she passed at 6.05 p.m. that Friday. Her last words were to her daughter, Don't cry, George is here to walk with me. The next Friday, there were no boot steps, and the house has fallen silent with time. After she passed, the house felt happier, but I'm not a very spiritual person, but I want to believe her husband waited for her. Oh, that's nice. Next one, my two best friends and I went to the midnight premiere of Signs. That alone is why the three of us rarely tell people this incident. So as we were driving down the road, we traveled a million times in order to get to one of our homes. My friend's headlights shine on what we suspected was a dog on the side of the road. My friend slowed down because he feared the dog might run out into the road. He gave us time. This gave us time to better make out the features. The creature was on all fours, had no tail or even fur, and was a solid charcoal color. But then when we were maybe 20 yards away, it turned its head and looked at us. It only had a pair of eyes and no mouth. When we reached about 10 yards away, it stood up. <laughs> we walked into some, it walked into some bushes. I actually cried and was so terrified by what we had seen. What made it feel the most real, though, was that none of us said a single thing until we reached my friend's house. We were all so, un so uncertain about what we'd seen that we couldn't bring it up until my friend turned off his car and looked at me. We knew then that all three of us had seen the same thing. You never know or never knew what it could be, but we're all damn near 40 and still don't really talk about it. That's How is creepy. that? I don't know. The animals standing up. Oh my gosh. Walking away. That's so creepy. What the fuck? Next one, when I was 13, my dad's friend came over and knocked on my door. Before I could even get to the door, he started walking away. I went outside and called to him, but he just looked back at me and continued home. I thought it was odd, so I sent him a text. No reply, uh, but that was normal for him. About five hours later, my friend came and knocked on my door. She told me that her dad had died the night before in a car accident because he had fallen asleep at the wheel. I'll never forget that moment of confusion and shock. I had just seen him. He couldn't be dead. To this day, I'm still shocked that it happened. That is super weird. Why would he go to their house? I don't know. Next one, I'm not a superstitious man at all, but this is one story I cannot explain. I was spending Christmas with a mate's family at their holiday home, which was in the middle of nowhere in the bush of Australia. There were 10 of us, and two of the uncles would be turning up the next day. Uh, the place we were staying at was old. I'm talking at least 50, 150 years old. And in one type of, in one room, in one of, bleh, and in one of the rooms uh, was this old closet type thing. Think of the wardrobe from Beauty and the Beast. And that was the room of the youngest kid that was going to be staying because it had a single bed. The youngest was about five years old and the son of one of the uncles. I was walking around the house when I heard the kid talking to someone in the room. I thought that someone was there, so I walked in and said, Hey, who are you talking to? The kid replied, I'm talking to Charlie. He lives in the closet. He is my friend, and we're going to play more later. Naturally, I thought it was just him playing around and making up an imaginary friend. So the next day when we were having lunch and the uncles turned up, I told, or I said to him to tell his father about his friend. When the kid said, Oh, that's just Charlie. We are going to play later on. The father grabbed his arm and said in a kind of panic tone, where is Charlie and what does he look like? The kid responded, he lives in the closet in my room and has this long coat on. Both of the uncles jumped up, ran into the room, dragged the closet outside and set it on fire. We all then left really quickly. I asked them both what the fuck just happened and they said, when we were boys, we used to play with an imaginary friend named Charlie as well, who lived in the closet and he always tried to get us to come play with him in the bush, away from the house. So whatever it was that happened, it was enough to scare the shit out of two grown men when one of their sons mentioned an imaginary friend with the same name who lived in the closet. Next one, the old house my family grew up in was haunted as fuck. Doors would forcibly slam open and shut. Lights would turn off and on by themselves. 
Didn't matter if you were alone or with other people in the house, shit still happened. You'd hear footsteps and find nobody there, stuff of that nature. Most memorable for me would be walking past my sister sleeping on the couch and her sitting up and turning to look at me, only her eyes were still rolled back in her head and all you could see were the whites of her eyes. She was unresponsive when I talked to her. Creepy enough, right? When I started to walk more, her head would turn and follow me. I went and got a friend who was staying at the house for the night, but my sister was unchanged. Creeped us out, so we went back into my room and locked the door. That's creepy. That's creepy. <laughs> well, that would be funny if, like, years later, she'd be like, oh, yeah, I was totally fucking with you. <laughs> oh, that would be great. <laughs> okay, next one. My old friend from middle school lived in a pretty old house that was pretty nicely renovated, along with a really nice basement. My friend would always tell me stories about what would go on in the house. Shadows would dash across the hallways, random chills, compressed chest feelings, footsteps, and creepiest being floating toothbrushes. He said that this was his grandma's house and she still haunts the place. I brushed it off after being there a few times before and never really seeing anything. We had a sleepover one night, and I slept in the basement where we had a blast playing video games all night long and just being kids. I was an early bird, so I woke up around 6 a.m., and not wanting to disturb anyone, I walked upstairs to just relax and do my own thing. I was on the couch for a little while when I started hearing the plant to my right rustle quietly, which I ignored until it was unbearable to listen to, but when I looked at it, it stopped moving. I looked back down at the book I was reading, and it rustled again, this time not stopping when I looked at it. I then hear creaking, and the lights above the kitchen table started swinging back and forth, and the plant was still vigorously shaking. I decided, fuck this, and threw the book down and ran to the basement. But when I started to run, there was another pair of footsteps sprinting right behind me. Mm. As I ran downstairs, the steps stopped at the top. My buddy was now awake, asking why I was so loud. I told him what was happening, hoping hoping to get, and it's just probably you being scared or something. Instead, he calmly explained, that's why I decided we should sleep in the basement. When my grandma is, was still living in this house, this basement wasn't here, so she never comes down here. I went there again a good number of times because we were good friends, and I experienced whispering and chills. Nothing as intense as what I experienced then. He still lives with his parents there and tells me she's getting more aggressive to the point where the whole family experiences things. I'm thankful I saw her when she was more chill. (laughs) Next one, weird things always happen in my house when I was growing up. Hammering, footsteps, and random whistling were common occurrences. Before my family had moved into the house, the previous tenant's husband had died by suicide in our backyard, so we would always think it was him. The activity was never bad, just random, but my dad's sister had gifted us with a Virgin Mary that would light up at night in hopes that it would somehow protect us. This particular night, my mom had fallen asleep in the living room, and so as to not wake her up, we had left her there with the Virgin Mary's light on in case she woke up and wanted to go back to her room. I was a teenager at the time and commonly stayed up talking on the phone with my boyfriend late into the night. I'm not very sure what time it was, but I remember laying in bed with the door open, with the door to my room open. The light from the Virgin Mary came into my room so I could clearly see everything. I was laughing at something my boyfriend had said when I suddenly heard a loud crash next to my bed, followed by running footsteps. It sounded as if a heavy box was dropped, so I quickly looked to see what had fallen but found nothing. I froze in fear for a bit. My boyfriend kept asking what the loud noise was and if I was okay. I was explaining the situation to him as I was getting up to turn on the light when my mom ran into the room, yelling at me that I had woken her up with all the running I kept doing in the living room. Oh my God, that's so scary. (laughs) I told her that it wasn't me and explained to her what had just happened. She just gave me a suspicious look and told me to hang up the phone and go to sleep. I, of course, couldn't sleep that night and stayed up with the light on. We sometimes talk about that night, but have no explanation for what happened. Weird. Yeah, that's weird. Ooh, could you imagine trying to sleep on the couch and someone was running in the living room? No. Oh, my God. And you thought it was like your kid? Oh, but my it God, wasn't? No. Oh, my God. Next one, around 2006, while I was in high school, I was, still, I was going back home by bus. 
It was summer and a very hot afternoon. I was the only person on the bus because most people avoid traveling during the heat. I was sitting in the back with only one more row of seats behind me. After a few minutes, a man appeared next to me as if he stood up from the seat behind me. I clearly saw his, his hand as it grabbed the rail and pressed a button for a stop. His hand was an old man's with spots and wrinkles. He was wearing a bright orange suit. As I looked up to see his face, he disappeared. It didn't scare me. I was just confused. After several minutes, it happened again. Again, I tried looking at his face and he disappeared. That game repeated for two or three more times until I got off the bus. Weird. Oh my God, what? Next one, I was working in a, in a historic Civil War park and completely alone in the parking lot when I felt a heavy hand on my shoulder. I turned around about to say, how can I help you? Only to find no one there. Hmm. Next one, I had a reoccurring nightmare as a kid. Basically, I'd be sleeping in front of a structure that looked like a church mixed with a Greek temple. Every time I would see myself get dragged into an oversized entrance and watch myself get pulled into the darkness, once engulfed, I always woke up. 18 years later, while I was in the military in Europe, not the continent where I grew up, I was sent on a recon mission for the month. We had, a watch, we had to watch over a village that was destroyed by a landslide from atop a mountain. I found that building I had dreamed of. It was one of the few buildings that weren't destroyed and stood about two kilometers away facing our camp. Lots of weird things happened on that deployment, and I'm happy I didn't get closer to that thing than I needed to. I never knew the name of the structure, but it was in Bondo, Switzerland. One time, my parents went out when I was in the third grade, so I was still quite young. When they'd go out, I would usually sit on the couch and watch YouTube or play mobile games. My granddad, who had died recently, used to put his arm on my shoulder, and I got to know how that felt while sitting on the couch. That time, I felt his arm fully grab onto my shoulder. As I looked at my shoulder, I could still feel the pressure, and my jumper looked as if it had a hand on it. I phoned my parents right away and they wouldn't believe and they wouldn't believe me. It's been about 10 years now and I remember it ridiculously clear. Next one in most of my dreams I'm walking around my grandma's house. The place is a maze in real life, but when I'm asleep it's seemingly endless. When she died I was devastated. She passed peacefully in her home and kept my fam and my family kept the property. No one lives in it, but we still actively upkeep it. I was living 400 miles away when I had a dream that I was wandering around the house as I do most nights, only this time my grandma was calling out my name. I kept opening doors, but I couldn't find her. Finally, her voice got louder, and when I opened the door, it was her dressing room, only it was engulfed in smoke. Flames were pouring in through the window, and I panicked. Next thing I knew, I was sitting up in bed. I figured it was just a bad nightmare, and I tried to forget about it, but this one really stuck with me. Three days later, I get a call from my mom. She told me that there had been a fire at Grandma's. The 50-plus-year-old wiring started an electrical fire, and as it so happens, outside her dressing room. Luckily, the neighbor noticed it while having dinner and put it out. He didn't have our phone number, so he left a note on the front door. It was three days before my mom went over there and found it. Turns out I had that dream hours after it actually happened. I don't think my grandma resides in the house, but I think she's watching out for it. Hmm. That's crazy. Next one, I work at an old-ass movie theater. My coworker and I were the only ones working on a Sunday, and it was super slow. We only had about five people in one of our theaters. Movie ended, people left, and we were cleaning, just doing our job. As I was cleaning, I started hearing banging behind the actual screen, and then a huge crash. There are old rooms located behind it. I stopped for a second and could hear a faint whispering, which slowly got louder. I freaked out thinking someone had broken in, so I grabbed my coworker and both of us could hear a commotion behind the screen. We called the police and they arrived, found everything perfectly in place and no one behind it. Had us on edge for the rest of the night and the officer thought we were crazy. <laughs> Next one, I was watching my friend's dog because she was out of town for the weekend and of course she lives in an old creepy house down in the woods. I was on the couch in the living room with my dog 
at my uh, with the dog at my side and watching some TV when I heard footsteps from the second floor, and then I heard a door open. I thought someone might have broken in or something, so I went with a knife and saw nothing, but got chills, so I closed the door, went down, and continued watching TV. After a while, I heard footsteps again, and this time I heard them distinctly going toward the stairs that led into the living room. The dog stood up at my side and started growling toward the stairs as they began creaking, and I got an overwhelming feeling of not being wanted, so I took the dog and got the F out of there. As I walked rather hurriedly away from the home, I felt a gaze on me, and I turned around and saw a figure on the second story, and then the curtains got shut. I ran home, and I've never been down there since. And my last one. When I was a little girl, I had an imaginary friend named Sally. She was blonde and had a white party dress, black shoes, and a red bow. I saw her clearly, but thought it was just normal because of how imaginary friends are shown in cartoons. I eventually stopped seeing Sally and just shelved her memory to being a childhood fantasy. Then one day, a friend of mine who is sensitive asked me about a girl in a white dress and bow. I then told her about my imaginary friend. My sensitive friend said, I see her standing, standing in the corner staring at us. She doesn't like that I can see her. That was scary. Ooh, that is creepy. Why is she following them like their whole life? That's weird. Yeah. Alright, it's time for the witty wrap-up. Yay, witty wrap-up! My husband and I were discussing whether we wanted another kid, but decided one was enough. We just need to figure out what to do with the other one now. <laughs> <laughs> That's me! <laughs> My kid made me a gift and then sternly warned me, don't lose it. I want to put it on your body when you're dead. So I have that to look forward to. Oh my, that's creepy. Rude. <laughs> my toddler said, I feel drinky. And yeah, girl, same. <laughs> <laughs> Picked up my sons from school and stopped to get gas. Invited them to get out of the car and learn how to do it. Afterward, the 11-year-old says, thanks for the life lesson, but I'll never drive a gas car. 13-year-old says, this is like the time you showed us how to pay, how a payphone works. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Excellent, excellent news. My 9-year-old is halfway done sharing her dream, which she started narrating last Monday. 90% <laughs> of parenting is crumb identification. I worried my two-year-old would be scared of the thunder, but he wasn't be he wasn't because he's too busy. <laughs> well, that's good. After dropping a container of blueberries all over the floor, eight-year-old, see, this is exactly why I wanted chips. <laughs> Getting someone pregnant makes you a father. Secretly bending the hose your kid is using so the water stops flowing, then suggesting that the hose must be broken. And encouraging them to look inside as you release the pressure and set Old Faithful off in their face makes you a dad. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> I was in the bathroom when my five-year-old busted in there with a, a tambourine. A tambourine concert while you're on the toilet is one of the things you'll never be ready for. I forgot to set the trash can out and missed the pickup, handing in my dad card. I have failed. Uh, I have failed you. I have failed me. <laughs> it's really okay. <laughs> there should be a different word for vacation when it's with your kids, like ex exhaustation. <laughs> At what age do kids realize it's gross to drink their own bathwater because the answer isn't six? <laughs> Gross. Yeah. Getting a kid to leave a water park is like getting a drunk friend to leave the bar at closing time. They always have a reason to stretch it out. <laughs> Nine-year-old. After giving my husband a heartfelt handmade Father's Day card, they made us do that for school. That wasn't my idea. <laughs> they do say shit like that. <laughs> 
This funeral would be a lot more fun if we could go in the hot tub, my Jewish kid talking about the giant baptismal font in the, this church. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I used to think I would be a cool, laid-back dad. Then my kids left the back door open when it was 97 degrees outside. <laughs> If you ever feel like your kindergartner's questions are not overstimulating you enough, chaperoning a field trip with your child and 22 other kindergartners <laughs> might be right for you. Oh my gosh. I couldn't even imagine. <laughs> well, you're not the only adult there. You don't have to watch 20 kids. <laughs> my five-year-old's lunch bag came home yesterday with a bunch of noodles on it. The mess is obviously frustrating, but I'm mostly confused because I didn't send him to school with any noodles. <laughs> Someone <Gross>. else's. <laughs> Yay, summer. Also, uh-oh, summer. <laughs> I need to buy a teacher gift that says, I'm sorry my son hit you in the face with a shoe. <laughs> what do you get for that? Uh, I don't know. Whiskey? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. My four-year-old asked me what I'm getting him for my birthday tomorrow. This is how the argument started. <laughs> my daughter has decided she loves giving massages, or as I like to call them, tests of mom's pain tolerance. <laughs> Watching your kids play. My wife. They are so weird, right? Me. I don't even notice anymore. <laughs> And that's all I got. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Send in your stories. Ghoulsnightoutpodcast at gmail.com. You can look us up on Facebook. Request to join the group. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen. And we will talk to you next week. Later. Bye.